What's up, guys? Welcome to End of the Zone. I'm your host, Garrison Roy. If you're listening to this, give me you know two seconds of your time. Hop on whatever platform that you're listening on, Spotify, Apple Music. Um, you know, just leave a quick little review or even give it a little rating. Um, you know, we'd love for you guys to share the show, but also those reviews help as well. But today we're gonna go on a little bit of rant of overcoaching. And you know, we've all seen it before where, you know, even in the lower level uh, playing where you have the youth athletes, you have the dad yelling, you know, certain cues, be like, hey, get get your hands up, do this, or hey, don't fly open, you know, all these things. And or even, you know, my favorite one, hey, just throw strikes. If I could throw strikes, I would, dad. You know, like there's, there's definitely a lot of uh, – of overcoaching and lack of feel. And I think a lot of that does come from how far removed they are from the game. Not saying that it's impossible, but you know, those, those overcoaching things just really, really grind my gears to be honest with you. Um, you know, and e- even outside of overcoaching, this is even as prominent in the the private sector where you have, you know, a lot of cues being thrown around or you're telling them where, specific parts of their body need to be each point in time, uh, either through their delivery or through their swing, or even when they're running the bases, right. you're like, Oh, Hey, you have to take a certain step like this. Like, I think it's total BS. Um, in some aspects, like, yeah, you probably could be more efficient, but, uh, you don't want the words to get in the way. Right. And you want to not just constrain to constrain a certain movement that the coach once um right so you want them to learn how to be free and engage and learn in that practice or even in the game too because there's no way that they're going to be able to respond um, you know if they're in the batter's box and you're yelling at them and you're like hey here comes the curveball like this is going to dome the kid up plain and simple now i do think there are coachable moments where you know after they come in they come in the dugout they're not as hot they're not you know, fuming at the ends of their ears, like the cartoons you see and you sit down with them. You're like, Hey, all right. Like, what did you learn from that situation? Like that to me is properly timed coaching where you can give some of that feedback. Um, But, you know, that's totally different than, you know, barking a bunch of cues or, you know, this is the only way you should be able to do this or, you, you know, your elbow needs to be up in this position. And then, you know, at this point you need to think about, uh, this and this and this and the stuff's not going to translate guys i'll be honest with you like that's you know certain levels of players can take that type of feedback and flourish with it and it's not the younger group I'll just tell you that right now not a lot of them can right so you want to instead of having them do a bunch of drills or you know ways to like constrain them to move a certain way you want to constrain them to afford potential options for them to choose. 
a great example of this would be from you know just whenever they're throwing playing catch right and all of a sudden you're like noticing that they're sailing balls arm side arm side arm side and then the typical coach would be like oh hey yeah quit sailing them arm side like rip it down a little bit further you know insert whatever cue you want or even just be like hey like you're flying open that's why the ball is flying out that way another thing to afford that right as long as they have an idea of like you know some feel you could throw in a a batter or stand in hitter right and then that does kind of increase some level of anxiety some pressure but they're still going to have to figure out how to throw without hitting that hit, hit hitting that batter that's standing in there right so and you didn't even have to say a word to him. You just maybe stood in or you had another player stand in over there. Hopefully that if the guy's super wild and they're just protected, right? Um, and not saying that that's the only solution. Like there definitely are mechanical breakdown issues where a guy probably needs to work on something before they can completely adjust a movement pattern um, or a pattern of movements that continually arise, like, you know, missing arm side high, you know? And that's where you ask certain questions. You're like, hey, are you thinking about anything? Are you thinking about this? And I think that's where the best type of coaching is, is where you ask more questions than you give demands or answers for. So that's my little rant on overcoaching. Obviously, you could probably go on a little bit longer with this, but you know, um, if you've seen any examples of this or you have an example and you know want to kind of break down, hey, like how would you not overcoach in this situation? Or, hey, I saw this and, you know, what are your thoughts on that? You know, you can email those in, email some topics in, in the zone podcast, one, two, three at gmail.com. And appreciate you guys tuning in. Love you all. And stay in the zone.